hard. Psalm 65, verses 1 through 5. Praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. When iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. By awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Let's pray. O you who hear prayer, to you we come this morning. For by awesome deeds you answer us with righteousness, O God of our salvation. Satisfy us this day with your goodness. Sanctify us that as you are holy, so may we be holy in your Son Jesus. Thank you for your promise to hear us. For our experience of prayers answered. And for the confidence with which we may pray here today. Grant us a good time together learning how to apply in prayer what we have come to know of you, that we may pray with ever more consistency, confidence, and competence. For Jesus' sake, amen. As we start, uh, I am taping uh, or recording this, uh, and it will, I downloaded finally yesterday, last week's, and you can find it at SRP. SBRPCA.org, our website, if you've not looked at it. Uh, if, you, if you type in uh, search for South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church, it will not lead you to that for some strange reason that we have yet to straighten out. But if you put in SBRPCA.org, you can go to our website, and it's under podcasts. And it's listed there. So, uh, if ever, and it's amazing how much this thing, I picked up every question. I, I didn't think it would do that, but... Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, any feedback from uh, the handout, from, from the exercise last week, any uh, comments or questions or want to throw anything? I'm assuming everything went well then, or that <laughs> nobody did one or the other. I prefer to think that everything went well. One of the things you may have noted if you did look at the uh, exercise, though, is that uh, we didn't get around to Whitney's six reasons why we don't pray, but I listed them on the uh, exercise, referred to them there. And I'm just going to read them to you, and then we're going to move on, but I think I, I do need to say it out in public. Uh, Whitney cites six uh, lacks, if you will, L-A-C-K-S, uh, five things we lack. Lack that keep us from praying. They are the lack of one, discipline, two, the lack of faith, three, a sense of God's presence, four, we lack a sense of need, five, is a, sense, a lack of sense of the greatness of God and the gospel, and uh, six, is a lack, lack of knowledge of how to pray. And uh, uh, I think we, we kind of hit on that, uh, and, and I think that's all needs to be said. But uh, Then there was another thing we skipped over last week, and uh, that uh, I think is rather important, a question that uh, uh, I, I wanted to ask, and really we had 
too good discussion going to interject this in there, but, but uh, here's a question for you. Why are you and I not satisfied with our present practice of prayer? Well, that's not a that's not a hypothetical. I mean, that's what, what, why 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 aren't we satisfied with how we pray? Well, I'd like to spend more time, but more important than that is hard. Sometimes my motives are only half-hearted. So what I need is. I need, need some help with my heart as far as seeking the Lord with 100%. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's half-hearted, perfunctory. You go, perfunctory prayer. Will we ever be satisfied? Per, perfunctory. I mean, until that. <laughs> yeah, and then the next life, we won't be praying at all. But my question is that, this in this life, will we ever be satisfied? Probably not. If we are, we should be concerned. I mean, yeah. is that is that? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I can pat myself on the back all the time and say I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> so should we even be more satisfied? But you know, but but. Uh, are there other reasons why we're not, though? I mean, it's sort of a given that we're not as satisfied with prayer as we'd like to be. I mean, I think whenever you um, are confessing your sins, you know, it, it's it's hard for one to admit their shortcomings or, or failings falling short. It's a bit hard to confess, but there's all that in it. Uh, just, uh, sometimes it's hard to see it, sometimes you don't want to let go of it, sometimes lots of reasons why that's hard. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to confess our sin because we don't we don't want to admit it. We're blind to some of them. We you know it takes humility, uh, which some of us don't have in large quantities. Uh, uh, I think one reason too like is that um, our expectations we don't always know what our expectations should be for prayer. And and so like um, we we want to be able to like for my kids. I've watched my kids struggle a lot with thinking, oh, my prayers just bounce off the ceiling. Why am I even doing this? God is nowhere near me. He's nowhere near. Me. I'm alone. I think He's abandoned me. What you know? And so I, I think sometimes they just feel so. Um, Solution, and I, I think what are our expectations for prayer? Like, what we, we, we want some fellowship with our Maker, but what is that supposed to look like, and what does it feel like? And, and um, so, I think sometimes that is one thing that's a hindrance to prayer. I've seen it in me and my kids. Um, of, of what you know, y'all are saying, we're saying, we're all saying, well, we'll always be thinking our prayer life isn't what it should be, but it should be something that it should be. Yeah, exactly. You know, it should be something, and what does that look like? You know what I mean? Like, like 
to hear about Spurgeon or other men getting up and praying hours every morning. They couldn't really do anything until they spent that time with God, and then they were ready for the day. And, it, it, um, and so you know people who who really, really profited from the, their presence with God. So what, what does that look like for us and teenagers? And I think that... That, that being disappointed that it's not all that it can be and being disappointed that your prayers aren't that you're, you you want something more then he's willing he's not going to give you right then he's going to maybe increase your faith um, but yeah like like I know we're made for heaven out of it not out of him but out of it, our prayers yeah and maybe out of him I don't know I don't know you know we're thinking that's true I like your biblical shorthand, Woody. Theta for, for God. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to write God anymore. I'm Theos. sorry. That's a that's a theta. That, that's a the Greek letter with which theos begins. I'm sorry. It's shorthand. And you'll see me sometimes, just so you know, when I put that, it's for Christ. Right. Uh, if you look at the notes in my Bible... No, it's all kinds of foreign stuff. Uh, Certainly. I know that the one thing that made a difference in Job's life was when he actually saw the Lord. And every now and then I'll get a small peek, if you'll pardon the expression, of the glory of God. It only lasts for a moment. I wish, I think if I had that a bigger picture of that than it changed things. It would change things. You know, he just said, blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Yeah. You know? We, yeah. we really do. But we hunger for a sight. We do, we do, we you do. And, and those verses that talk about we'll see him face to face. We long for it. Yeah. But what about Peter? I mean, yeah, he's been yeah. days with the Lord. Days, yeah. months, you know. I, I have a friend. And then he gave that sermon, though, in Acts. He's the one who stood up and gave that. Um, After he was completely humiliated. Yeah. 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 But yeah. so... Um, I, I have a friend who, uh, who, much to his amazement, wound up being an elder in the Presbyterian Church. And, uh, but he said, man... And, and he is... He's absolutely the best Sunday school teacher on earth. Linda's favorite of, of all time, Sunday school teacher... Because he had so many flaws that were so obvious that he couldn't hide them, and so he just the only thing to do is admit them, you know. But he said, if it wasn't for David and Peter, he said I would, you know, I, I couldn't live. He said I just he said, but so I I spend much time with with the Lord and David and Peter, you know. And, My friend told me she said, you know, Kathleen. Two of the most prolific writers of scripture, they were murderers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. Moses. 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 You know. Uh, you know. Well, th- these were an- some of the answers to, to the question why are you and I, you know, so uh, dissatisfied or, or less than fully satisfied with our practice of prayer? Uh, all right reasons. But don't they add up? I mean, really. Then it sort of add up to, to this, and you could, and we could put a lot more things in. But then it sort of add up to this that we have this sense of just how important prayer is, and uh, 
Uh, Whitney writes, one of the main reasons for a lack of godliness is prayerlessness. Uh, and chew on that. And again, the title, title of his book is uh, The Spiritual Disciplines for Godliness. Uh, but uh, so I, I think as believers, we live uh, with this sense of our lack of godliness. And, I, and, and part of the way we become godly is through prayer. How necessary it is for godliness. We're, we're aware of our lack of conformity to, to Jesus. Uh, we're equally aware of our inability to attain it apart from God's working in our lives to bring it about. How do we connect with God, you know, toward that end? Except by prayer. You know, this is the way we come, come to prayer. And, and we sense that importance and that need uh, to be in communion with God, to be in communication with God, to, you know. And, and then we look at whether it's the irregularity of it, the paucity of it, the, the mixed motives of it, the, you know, on and on and on and on. As we evaluate our prayers and ourselves, uh, we sense that, man, if I just got it better, you, you know, somehow or other, I'd get closer to, you know, fulfilling uh, the, the need for it. And, and we're not, at the same time, we're also not, unaware of, of, of Jesus' expectations of us that we will pray. You know, when we get to talking about Jesus praying in, in Luke and we get to talking about the, the Sermon on the Mount, he doesn't say if you pray, he says when you pray. And so there's this expectation, this assumption that if we're his followers, we, we, we will pray. And then you got Paul and Peter and James telling us to pray, you know, giving us all these exhortations uh, uh, to pray in, in their letters. And so uh, uh, we have this, the weight of this burden of the importance of praying that we feel like, I think, we're just not quite measuring up. You know, we, we, it's, we should do a better job of it, you know, because it's, it's, it's an important thing that we're about. So, that's it. And maybe some of these answers to this question may be the same. Maybe I should leave these up here. Uh, Woody, I have a yes, question sir. for you. Have you ever studied the prayer life, or just the life in general, and he would subsume the prayer part of George Mueller? It's, yes. it's so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Mueller is one of those guys who... I mean, unheard of in our day. What if Hope Ministries never asked anybody for anything except God? I'm picking on Janet because she's the only one in here. Begging for money? Yeah. What? Yeah, you know, uh, Mueller never asked anybody. He just took it to God. And, and, you know, you read these things and you read his story, you know, and, and the children are at the table waiting for supper, which isn't there, and somebody knocks on the door, and this guy from the bakery bringing, you know, the leftover bread, and that sort of thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. What's the biggest problem? Once we set out to pray, okay, uh, we, we understand how important it is, and we, be, you know, we, we, we okay, I'm going to pray. Now what's the problem? What am I supposed to 
Go ahead, Jason. I think for me, it's uh, I always start off with good intentions, you know, and, and, and a few minutes into it, my mind's wandering off this, this something else, and, and you know, I, I pray and I, I, have, you know, I pray through some things, and then I, you know, I find myself thinking about something, something else, and, and it's like, you know. What, what, you know Oh, that's two of us then in this room. I call it going off on rabbit trails. I start praying about a particular issue, which leads me to another issue and another one. And then they, I can become consumed by the things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm not praying anymore, I'm just thinking about stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, I think the passage in James is that you pray with wrong motives, you pray to spend it on your prayers. Like motives, yeah. That, that's what I'm not praying about his kingdom, I'm praying, I, you know, the world is way too small. Yeah. Yeah. And I find, um, for myself, it's the different noises of life. I mean, we live in a small house, so you have a lot of people, even <laughs> when you're there, trying to go to bed, you know, um, there's still someone there to um, say something to you. <laughs> yeah. Is this sounds, I've, I've had this revelation before that occurred to me again this morning. Um, I think if I really start with one of my premises of what's my problem with my prayer life, and I kind of follow it, I, kind of, I came to a point this morning if I'm going to pray the deep, deep prayers that really bottom line concern me, I think it goes back to fear and a lack of trust that God's going to answer them in a way that I may not be prepared to handle. <laughs> it's hard. So then I start questioning my whole faith and trust. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and it's a whole yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah, you pray and uh, anybody else have that problem? You know that you you Yeah. What do you say to her? I'm getting off now, but what do you, what's the answer to that? It's just how how um, <laughs> you, you know when you have a lot of faith and, it, and it, that's going to be measured different ways for different people. But we all know that we we lack faith. So, you know, and 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 the reason I'm saying that because I broke down Philippians, mm -hmm. and part of that one part of that breakdown was um, I don't know, I wrote it down here. I know I wrote about faith, which surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And that's the part that I filled in that. That's kind of your faith life. That, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure if that's what it actually means, but that's what I put. Well, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, that passage. And I've experienced those moments of peace that I cannot explain uh, for any other reason where it came from, except that it came yeah. from, from God. Mm -hmm. I had an experience like that, Jody, too, but after um, Chuck's friend committed suicide last year, again. Sitting in the office, and um, for whatever reason, my mind started going where he was. You know, like it started 
thinking about where he was at that point. And I got into such a level of lowness that I couldn't, I mean, I was just so desperate, you know, to despair. And um, I started praying and um, turned on my, my um, music, Pandora, whatever it was, and had all of that Delta Christ music going. And I think within five minutes, God just settled on top of me and he gave me such a sense of peace that I, I mean, it was obvious it was God doing. I mean, there's no way it was me. I wasn't, you know, it was him giving that sense of peace. And having experienced that gives me later, if I get into that despair, I realize that that's, I can go back to that, you know. Yeah, and, and back to this fear of an answer. Uh, <coughs> only thing I do to do is confess it. Lord, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm scared to death of what this might look like. Right. And because I, you know here that he's in control of everything, and I know I trust him, and I know that there's nowhere else I can go, and I want to trust him, and I know there's nowhere else I can go in a worst yeah. case scenario. Yeah. But. But do I want to be there? No. <laughs> <laughs> do any of us want to be there? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's just one more thing to confess. Yeah. You know, add it to your list of things to confess. I think, uh, yeah, it's uh, other. Uh, I, here's what Richard Pratt in his book, Praying with Your Eyes Open, and and, and we've said some of that here. Uh, to the problem of it's, it's a problem of focusing and and staying focused. You, you know. Uh, uh, on the object of our of our prayer, uh, Jesse was saying, you know, boy, if I could just see the glory, you know, and and, and I said, and we'll talk about that uh, eventually. Uh, but you know, if uh, you ever laying in bed, you know, you're lying there, you know, and you're trying to pray, you're fighting sleep, you're. You know, and, and and you lose finally you lose track of you know whatever you've just said, what you've been praying about, what you know just uh, you know, and and you fall asleep and then you wake up, and uh, you know, and where did I end? What did I you know what you know what? Uh, but you see, and here's here's what Jesse said. But if you if you saw the light of heavenly glory there, could you fall asleep? You know, we're laying in the dark, so and and it may be bright, bright daylight, and we're still praying in the dark. You know, uh, but if you had that sense of glory, and, and so what Pratt tells us to do is to, and, uh, and we get to some other things he tell us to do. We're almost finished with the introduction to this week's. <laughs> if, if, yeah, uh, lesson, but but the uh, he tells us to focus on that. I, I, I tells us some other things, but. He said, you know, also focus on the heavenly glory in your in your thought life, in your meditation as you prepare to pray and whatnot. Uh, anyway, here's my thesis for this morning, <laughs> uh, which may be as far as we get. If we're going, hey Ed, come in the house. Hello, how you doing? Uh, Ed Schneider, everybody. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'll let him draw back and punch it too.
That's everybody. Uh, there, yeah. Uh, but, uh, we're, we're glad you're here. You found us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think the better, here's my thesis. Uh, uh, if we're going to pray well, we, and this is elementary, we must know the one to whom we pray. You know, elementary stuff. Uh, which presupposes that we know him through Christ, his son, and the gospel that we've come to faith in him, and that through him we've been reconciled to God. It means that our sin has been dealt with. We've received the righteousness of Christ by which we are enabled to stand in his presence, you see. Uh, uh, Jesus, thy blood and righteousness, my beauty are my glorious dress. Midst flaming worlds in these arrayed with joy shall I lift up my head. Bold shall I stand in that great day, cleansed and redeemed, no debt to pay, Fully absolved through these I am from sin and fear, from guilt and shame. That's our focus. You, you know, I, that, that's to think on that and look forward to it. But then he also wrote, uh, whoever wrote this hymn, uh, Lord, I believe thy precious blood, which at the mercy seat of God pleads for the captive's liberty, was also shed in love for me. You know, and that's that element. Um, so then, we need to pray to the one we know. What are some of the things we know uh, about this God we know? His descriptions of himself take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble. I'm lowly. I'm gentle. Jealously desires the spirit within us. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Look, the whole Godhead is, is assisting us in this. You know, the, 
the Holy Spirit intercedes with, with groanings that are too deep for words. The, the, the Son has, has made a way and given us His righteousness and intercedes for us Ever constantly. And the Father who, you know, loves as a Father, like the Father who lifts up His garb and sprints down the driveway to the Son and comes back to Him. Like, the, all, of, all of the Trinity is, is for us to Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pass out. Uh, and the duck sticks in the quack, so I've got to hurry up. You take one and pass it around. This just something to stick in the back of your Bible. You may already have one better than that, in which case, use it. But a healthy reminder that you. Two sides of that. One side is the uh, uh, the, the uh, names and metaphors and whatnot. I forgot. The other side is uh, his attributes. Some of his attributes or characteristics. Uh, and that's uh, I just stole that out of the back of Pratt's book, and I abbreviated to fit on the page. Uh, there's a lot more than this that you find in Scripture and, and uh, find elsewhere. But it, I find it helpful. Uh, to to spend time thinking about those things and, and um, just uh, the reason uh, I open the class with you know reading from Psalm sixty five and, and then prayed the prayer I did which was constructed sort of on that was uh, you know to, to remind us of that that God hears prayer oh you who hear prayer. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, and we need to remind ourselves of that because sometimes we wonder, Lord, are you listening, or, or you, you know, you know, it just seems like it's bouncing off the ceiling and off the wall, and and uh, we we have to remember that this is how He identifies Himself, you, you know, as one who, who invites us to prayer, expects us to pray, uh, tells us how to pray, uh, reminds us that He hears prayer, uh, and. Uh, you know, that knowledge should, uh, you know, uh, enable us to pray more confidently, mm -hmm. uh, at least, you know. Uh, 